Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. We need to band at the top. Yeah. Water. What do you want to band about? I don't know. What do you got? I've gone, Mm. uh, let me see. A book. I can give you a book this time. Mm. What kind of book? A funny one. No. I, no? What? <laughs> Do you like Julia Morris? It's just a nice... If yeah, but I don't think I want to read a book written by her. Oh, it's just a funny light book. It's her guide to life kind of book. No. And she's completely deluded. This is why I love Julia Morris. Like she'll tell you she's a big celebrity. I want Celebrity Apprentice. Therefore, treat me better because I'm a celebrity. It's got that tone. Oh, to I it. do like that. Yeah, it's it's it just it came at the most delightful time for me because it was when we went back into lockdown for the fourth time, I Victoria. Know, the fourth Sorry, time. did I yell with anger? By now, I hope we're okay though. Yes. By the time this episode airs, we should be okay. We should be. Uh, imagine if we're not and we're not reflecting the mood of the moment. Well, someone did ask me a few weeks ago, do you think we're going to go back into lockdown? And I said, yep. We better not. And they said, what? And I said, yeah, 100%. We definitely, definitely are going to go back into <clears throat> lockdown. And then we did. No. Uh, so Julia Morris's book, but you don't want to hear about that. No. Um, that's all I've got. That's What's Curse got? Yeah, Curse, what do you got? Thing? Well, nothing. <laughs> well, I do have something. So Barry decided. Do you remember how Barry almost oh, died, right? Yes. Everyone knows. Yes, I My dog the, Barry almost died. On my phone of him. Oh. I was nearly going to tell it the other day, and there he was with his little bandage. No, up keep arm him. From having the thing on. Um, so Barry almost died in our second lockdown. It all got too much. Anyway, so this lockdown, he starts getting sick again. What? And I picked him up and I looked straight in his eyes and I said, don't start this shit again. <laughs> don't do it, Barry. <laughs> don't. That's what I said to him. I looked him right in his eyes and I said, mommy needs to talk to you. Don't do this shit again. Yeah, just, don't do it. Just be well, right? Yep. So he decided, I don't know if anyone gives a shit about this, but I'm going to tell you. So... He and his brother decide they're just going to go off their food. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not interested in that shit that you buy anymore, mum. We know you spent a lot of money on it. It fucking gets delivered to the house in a freezer box and it's like some Wahoo shit with an Instagram page and it's all healthy, but right. we're not into it anymore. And just like, they, nothing. Yeah, and they decide this right when the delivery arrives. Oh. Not at the end of the delivery, when yeah. my freezer's full of it. Right. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, they're vomiting. I'm taking them to – I'm like, I can't spend $13,000 on this dog again. There yeah. is no wedding slush fund anymore. <laughs> so I take I take <laughs> the dog to the vet. And when – you sometimes have moments in your life where you kick off at people, right? Yeah. You go nuts at people. And then you have to re-encounter that person – and it becomes quite clear how crazy you've been by their reaction of instant fear. You didn't do that to the vet, did you? I did. Shame on you. Because I strongly believe that not my vet, mm. a substandard vet who works under my vet, uh-huh. okay. almost killed Barry. Oh, okay. Just right. fobbed him off a bit. Even the other day we went for a walk. We happened to walk past the vet and that vet was out the front. And I said to Barry, look. Barry, that's the vet that almost killed you. Yeah, I had a vet that uh, sentenced Harvey to death long before he needed to be actually 
So then as soon as I took my dog back to my vet, he was like, I think we should just put him back on all the meds and we'll do the scans and we'll do this. And he was so full on that I walked away going, fuck, I really went full on with him and I've scared the shit out of him now. Oh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I could tell. He was like, we don't want another situation like we had last time. I think we just take the precautionary approach. I don't want to do nothing. I know you're very upset when we did nothing last time. So let's just, we're back on. It's a very stressful job. I, I love vets because, and there's, I think we've talked about it on the pod. Oh, they that deal with a lot of death. Well, the suicide rate among vets is seven times higher than the rest of the population. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Because not only are they dealing with comforting people, mm. they themselves are mourning the loss of the mm. animals. Don't make me feel bad about it. Well, I'm, I think I am in a little way. I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm not telling you that you can't express yourself, but just give the, cut them a little bit of slack because they're doing their very best. But I love my actual vet. I know you do. But it, I know it comes from a place of love, but that's what people do with their – and that's not to say all vets are perfect. Barry can do no wrong in the house. Barry could take a shit in the laundry and we'd go, it's okay, you almost died last year, so that's fine. Oh, <laughs> like, he can do no wrong. But I've been having regular conversations with him throughout this lockdown. And now because of us, I always tell him – Barry, mummy and daddy are going out. We're just going to the supermarket. We'll be one hour. You have to do that, yeah. I yes, should we find do it, it somewhere. Now. I've got the psychic that yeah. did a reading with Harvey, babe, yeah. and they they get, like to hear what's going on. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a chicken report. Sure. We're getting so we're getting eggs. The fuckery <laughs> of these chickens. <laughs> it has actually been like you're like, oh, we've got new chickens. Oh, they're going back, <laughs> and they're not going back. They're going to their death. That was no. Well, don't make me. I've kept a video of Peanut because we all miss <laughs> Peanut. Everyone does. <laughs> Peanut was such a character. But um, Black Betty and Thin Lizzie are the two funniest chickens. Yeah, yeah, they're a pair. Oh, Black Betty. Bam, oh, bam, my God. Thin Lizzie sang the song. So they're a pair of characters, but the eggs started appearing. So I took a photo of my husband when he came in on the day. when Because I think it was like at least 20 weeks, probably more, that we had Proud them. as punch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's nearly exploding with the pride yes. of this egg. He's holding it out. Yes. To me. It is the most beautiful photo. Um, so then we get a, like at maybe one or two eggs a day. Yes. And... It's almost disturbing when you lift up the little thing and there's the egg. The, you see the egg and it's mm. really exciting. But if you pick it up and it's still warm, there's like this. I don't know. How, how does it, how does do it you mean? work? It well, came how out does, of a chicken vagina. Yeah, but what? how is it going on inside? What's oh, happening? And then a shell when is When the incubator is happening. Yeah. Yes. What's, and are they walking around with eggs in them? Because Dot was getting very round. And is that eggs what? in there waiting to come out? And then there was one I picked up the other day <laughs> that has like a ring around the middle of it. It's as though whoever was – is it like taking a poo? And if so, was it like stuck halfway for a bit and she just had to push a bit Shake further? it out. Yeah. Maybe. But how does the whole squat. egg thing Maybe work? Maybe she had to squat. Is there a tube? Are they coming down a tube and they go, I'm just going to release one? Yeah, they would, but – Oh, so the question that you're posing to me is, do chickens give birth to eggs? Yes. Is it coming out or is it pooing out? How is it? Or is it poop? It wouldn't be poop. Well, no, that's different because they're they This poop. is the dumbest conversation yeah. we've ever had out loud. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm a, but I'm, I think I'm mainly wondering, are they walking around with like fully <laughs> We've had so many dumb conversations, <laughs> but I think this one is one we should have brainstormed off air before we started talking about it. Are they walking around with loud. like fully formed eggs inside them, just like waiting in a tube? Or no. is the next, because I don't know, or is, it, is there a small egg Huge that gets chickens. bigger? And then when it gets to a certain size, that's when they go, oh, that's hurting a bit. I'm going to 
it's like when it you know you need to go poo because it's yeah. got yeah. to a certain point. Touching cloth and you have to go running in and that's time. Touching cloth? Yeah. Hens will you lay know. eggs oh, regardless God. of whether or not you they know. are being kept in the company know. of a rooster. Hang on, what was that? Hens will lay eggs regardless of whether or not they are being kept in the company of a rooster. Yeah, well, I'm, gonna, I'm calling bullshit on that one. What? This is from animals.com. You're lying hen's body. <laughs> oh, so must be right. Incredible. Oh, you're laying. You're laying hen's body is naturally intended to produce an egg every 24 to 27 hours, and it will form the egg regardless of whether the egg is actively fertilized during its formation. Oh, okay. So it's happening whether you like it or not. So it's like an ovary, yeah. but it's happening. It's just, it's getting out. Okay. Like what your ovaries do. So how do they know when it's time to push it out? That's a different question for (laughs) the Google machine. How do chickens Also, Kieran confessed something else to me that when he was in, apologies, Kirsten, I think you've heard this, but we've got one of those old-fashioned 1950s cooker, like it's an old stove and you open up the big old enamel door on it, he was going to make that the entrance to the chicken pen. So they had to walk into an oven in order to get into the chicken pen. That's terrible. The egg begins with just the yolk. Oh. The yolk is released from the chicken's ovary and into her oviduct. From there, the yolk travels through the oviduct where it may undergo fertilization or not. Yes, and then the egg forms and is pushed through the hen's vent by muscular contractions. So it's like giving birth. Yes. Albumen. I love the word albumen. What's that? Well, it's the white of the egg. Oh. Yeah. And they've all got different shells and that in itself is freaky because I'm thinking where how is the color decided of what the yeah, shells some of them have like. freckles yes because they're all eating the same diet so why are their shells different colors they don't mind when you take their eggs from the nest oh, all that was chicken behaviors question. like roosting and scratching are instinctive and nesting is no exception I've always been able to take this person's crapping on from cluckin.net I've always been able to take <laughs> 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 Trustworthy websites. I think. Please and do if not. you just like... join us, Chanel Bella is a senior journalist. I know. Very experienced. News reporter. I was about to say, please do not let this be a reflection of my journalistic capabilities. But Cluckin.net seems appropriate. Okay. Well, I can tell you that um, because they've got little nesting boxes they can go into and we've got like a separate flap that we can lift up so we don't have to go in through their cage to get the eggs. We can just lift up. Oh, yes. But if you ever lift up the flap and one of them is in there actually doing the egg, it's the worst feeling. It's like walking into someone on the toilet. I told you it's a weird international no site. G. <laughs> yeah, net. with no G. That's exactly right. Cluckin.net. And, it and there's does a crazy not look credible. It, there's a cartoon <laughs> chicken. <at the> <laughs> there it is. There's a cartoon oh, chicken, yeah. What? Do the hens mind? Well, so I love that they've done an article because other people have thought the same thing. Do they mind if you take their eggs? Because I felt a bit terrible about it. Anyway, no, they so, don't mind. It's, oh, I've just unplugged your charger. Oh, I think it's okay. I'm fully charged. We can we can leave In it my, there. The throes of my laughter. It's That's okay. Thank you. Again now. All right. Shall we do what the people came for, shall we? I'll give you a bit of... 
And How is us? We're like, oh, what band do you have next minute? Pluckin.net. <laughs> who okay. who wrote to us wanting more banter last episode? Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're welcome. They regret it now. <clears throat> okay. Righto. So we are going back to August the 3rd, 2012. So okay. August in, in, we're in England, so it's a very height of summer. And Tia Sharp was a 12-year-old girl. She lived in New Addington in London, and she went on a trip to the shops. She was going to buy some flip-flops. Flip-flops, thongs. Why don't they just call them? Because oh, they, we, that's the underwear yeah. for them. Flip-flops is a reasonable name, but I like thongs better. Mm, same. Uh, on this shopping trip, Tia went missing. So her mum, Natalie Sharp, told the media, my baby girl walked out and she vanished. We all feel terrible. We think she's been taken, but we just don't know. There's we think n- she's been taken. How do you make that anyway? Is that There's, strange? Well, mm. it's sort of past the time when if a 12-year-old went missing, people would think, oh, she's run away, which is, you know, there was yeah, a time okay. in the 70s whenever uh, someone went missing, oh, they've run away. But, um, well, that's what she said. We, we think she's been taken, but we just don't know. There is no CCTV. We know absolutely nothing. Mm. So at the time she went missing, Tia had been at her grandmother's house. Now, Tia's grandmother's name was Christine Sharp. She was 46 years old, so she must have been very young. So she must have had her daughter, Natalie. So Tia's missing. Her mother is Natalie. Yes. And then the grandmother is Christine, but the grandmother's Mm -hmm. only 46. So Natalie, the mother, must have had Tia when she was only 16 years old. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Christine, the grandmother, was a grandmother at the age of 34. Uh, She had a boyfriend. So uh, grandmother Christine is 46. And she had a boyfriend called Stuart Hazel, who was 37. Okay. Now, Stuart Hazel had been home at the time that Tia went out to the shops, and he said that she left at around about midday. So they launched a massive search. The family had T-shirts made up with missing on them. What? Look, What's I, your f- I can tell by your face you've got something to say. I because, and I know we, we say things about people on this podcast, but I, part of me feels like it's a bit mean. But I, do, I, I have to be honest, I do judge people who have T-shirts made up with missing kitties on them. I just Why? feel like, well, I don't know. They're walking around. They're trying to spread the word. It's just a certain kind of person to me that makes those T-shirts Do you up. reckon? Well, I, I just think if someone was missing in my family, I would be running around looking everywhere. Oh, you mean I wouldn't, the time to I make wouldn't the be t-shirts. going online www.vistaprint.com t-shirt. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. And having t-shirts made. But I suppose other people in in their group do it. I shouldn't Yeah, judge. I think that's what it is. I shouldn't judge. And I've never been in that situation, so I don't know. When people came to, used to come to court or big families, mm. they wouldn't oh, I had a couple of t-shirt wearing families, but yeah. sometimes it was more like See, See you do No, I'm not. Sometimes it would be like I remember one family, they all wore watches, ones you pin to them. Yeah. As a symbol of the time they'd lost with that person. Don't mind that. Yeah. I like that. I thought that was quite clever yeah. actually. And then other people would wear ribbons of their that person's favorite color. Yeah. Small symbolism. I think actually if I take it to its nth degree, I'm a bit I don't really like any clothing with faces on it. I just find that weird. Like you've got a face. I don't, you don't really need to wear... have an extra one on your belly button. <laughs> 
There's no need. That's what it's kind of weird, isn't it? And I do have a t-shirt with Audrey Hepburn on, but I've, even that, I feel a little bit uncomfortable wearing. It's kind of strange. None of my t-shirts have print on them. I don't. Well, I've been told, and Lord knows, I'm I'm past the age, the cut-off age, that you're not supposed to wear clothing with writing on it. But I like a bit of writing. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I do. I like it to say okay. something. Yeah. Well, oh, actually, a life. You a couple of t-shirts have things on. Yeah, them. Yeah, like a bit of a slogan, a bit mm. of a you know, it sets the mood for the day. Mm. I pick it carefully. My high socks are still going well. Thanks for asking. Summer, and I've got. Yeah. Oh, I can't see them under my UGG boots yeah. right now, but I've got the stripies on right yeah. up there. Mm. Uh, so let's see. They so they've launched a massive t uh, t shirt. Well, t shirts. Yes, they've had the t shirts made up. They've launched the big search, and everyone's appealing for help via the media. Yep. Now I'm going to play you something here. Kirsten is because she's a genius. Yep. Uh, you'll hear two voices here. Now, so the first one is Tia's uncle David. Sure. And then the second voice that you hear is Stuart Hazel. So he's the boyfriend of Tia's grandmother. Um, and he says something like, we've just got to stay strong. Have, uh, have a listen here. We just want to say thank you to the public, everyone out there doing their bit, me and my family. Um, all we can say is you do your best for us. Don't stop. Carry on going. But please do not get in front of the police. Let the police do their work. But, but please stay beside them, work with them, not in their way, and keep doing what you're doing. Everyone out there in the world has given us hope. Just got to stay strong. That's what we've got to do. Just got to stay strong. We want Tia found. Tia yeah, to come home. Done. Just want my little girl to home. Do my everything girl. that it takes possibly. Stop everything and find Tia. I've just got to stay strong. Yes. Who's getting in the way of the police? Well, I think because the community had rallied, and right. obviously someone in the community had, had gone down to the t-shirt shop. So there's a bit of right. community action yes. going on. Okay, got you. It's possible that that yep. was, you know, sometimes when they're trying to help, they get in the way. Sure. Um, so, yes, two voices there, Uncle David and um, Stuart Hazel, who's the boyfriend of the grandmother. Sure. And he, his father, Keith, also spoke to the media and he said that Stuart had told them that he had walked Tia to a local tram stop when she, on before she went off on a shopping trip. Mm-hmm. And he he said, uh, Stuart is very close to Tia. She used to call him granddad, but he was like a dad and a granddad to her. He'd have done anything for her. He's absolutely heartbroken. Where has she gone? So more than 80 officers were searching for Tia. They were backed by search dogs and the air wing. The police were going through CCTV footage. There was over 800 hours. They looked through wow. the woods, buildings, lockups, garages, everything within 500 metres of Tia's grandmother's home. They went over. Now, it was 2012, so that was the year that London was hosting the Olympics, and police pulled some officers from the Games duty to help with the search. The calls came flooding into the police incident room. There were at least 60 possible sightings of Tia. And she was a really sweet-looking girl. She had a very happy face. She had long, fair hair. She couldn't see very well without her glasses on. Now, a witness made a signed statement saying that they had seen Tia leaving her grandmother's house at about midday on Friday, just as Stuart Hazel said had happened. So a police dog and handlers went through Tia's grandmother's home. A massive reward was offered and volunteers were handing out missing posters. 
Now, at the same time, Tia's biological father, a man by the name of Stephen Carter, said he believed that she was still alive. So the last known CCTV of her came from a store in Featherbed Lane in Addington at around about 4.15 on the Thursday afternoon, the day before she had gone missing. That was the only CCTV image that they could actually find of her. And in that shot, she was with a relative. They didn't say who. And she was very happy. She was smiling and she was giggling while she was in this particular shop. Then Stuart Hazel, the boyfriend of the grandmother, uh, last person to see her alive, he gave an interview to ITV News. Now, it's a few minutes long, but we'll just have a listen to it now because he talks about Tia's last moments in Mm. the house. Tell me a little bit about Tia's life. I mean, is she a happy girl? Is she jolly? Has she got any problems? No, she's got no problems at all. She's she's a happy-go-lucky golden angel. You know what I mean? She's she's, she's perfect. There's no arguments, no nothing, no... Nothing we can think of, absolutely nothing. So Tia stays here Thursday night, just with you. Christine's working. Talk me through Friday up until the last time you see her. Tell me exactly what you did. Tia's come down the stairs uh, around about half 10, 11, something like that, maybe. Because I know she was on about going up to... for She wanted to get up early. She picked uh, the mum's DS up. Played the DS for a little while. I said, well, we're going to have some breakfast. So I made her some toast. And she had toast. And then she wanted a sausage roll, because she's always eating sausage rolls. Uh, uh, basically, then she was sitting there. She doesn't take a washing up out, so I took her washing up out. Um, just started doing a little bit of washing up in the kitchen. She was in there. She was telling me what she was doing, but I weren't really logging it into my head. I didn't, do you know what I mean? You know, like the kids, they talk to you, it goes in one ear, stays there for a second, it goes out, you know what I mean? As I was hoovering, then she walked out, the, she walked past me from the front room to go out, and she walked out the front door, that is all I know. And she left her phone on charge, because I told her to sit there and leave her phone on charge. I didn't mean leave it on charge, because what Tia doing, she plays on, the, on the, the BB thing, but then she uses it as it's charging, so there's no charge going through to it. So when I said to her, leave, just leave your phone on charge, it means leave her phone on charge, not use it, let it charge up a bit, then you can actually take it with you or whatever, because she's been responsible to go to Croydon before. She's been responsible to go on trains and buses and trams and everything before on her own. So, so when she walked past you and, and out to the door, did she say anything? Uh, she said, uh, oh, goodbye. Well, I said, well, make sure you're back at six. She went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was it, and then the door closed and she walks out. I don't take precise times and things like that, but when she walked out that door, I know damn well it was 10 past 12, according to my clock, because as I was hoovering up the dog's mess by, the, by my kitchen, I look up and I've got a great big clock in front of me on the cooker which says 12.10. Now listen, you've been living in house arrest, basically, almost yeah. for the last seven days almost now. Yeah. How's that been? Oh, it's been horrible. It's been horrible. Do you know what I mean? The family's... We're stuck inside here, do you know what I mean? We've got all the uh, papers outside, all putting accusations down, and, and they asked me stupid questions yesterday, like, oh, did you do anything? I said, well, no, I didn't. Excuse my language, but no, I didn't. I'd never think of that. I'd love her to bitch. She's like my own daughter, for God's sake. We had that sort of relationship. It was that sort of thing. It was just, you know, she wanted it, she got it. She's got, no, she's got a lovely, loving home. She's, she's never gone without anything, so I can't work it out what the hell's going on. We're all out there, they want to report the truth. 
Do, do you feel under pressure? Do you feel that, that perhaps the, the people are looking at you? Well, if they believe what they read in the papers, they can do whatever they like. Because I know deep down in my heart that Tia walked out of my house. She walked out of there, and I know damn well because she was seen walking down the pathway. I know she made that track down to that way. What happened after that is I don't know. Well, so people were, what your impressions, impressions of that? I don't believe him. Mm. Same. There's something, isn't there? It's stumbling over his words a bit, but then that might be how he talks. It's too precise for me. There's too much uh, too extraneous much information like sausage rolls and, and detail. Hoovering up dog poo, yeah. which unnecessary detail, but that's a weird thing to do. Yeah, too much detail for me. Mm. Well, people were looking at him because he had a history. So Stuart had done some time in prison on drug charges, and when he got out, he started the relationship with Tia's mum. Hang on. he His first relationship when he came out of jail was with... Not with Christine, the grandmother, mm-hmm. but with the mother of Tia. Oh, okay, right. And then he moved on to the grandmother. Right, okay. Christine. On August the 10th, which was a week after Tia had gone missing, police searched Christine Sharp's home for a fourth time and they found a body in a black bed sheet in a black bag in the roof. So the whole time they'd been searching, the body had been in the house. Mm. So the police apologised eventually for that and they blamed it on human error. They arrested Stuart Hazel on suspicion of murder and they also arrested Tia's grandmother, Christine, on suspicion of murder and their neighbour, Paul Meehan, on suspicion of assisting an offender. So after the discovery of the body, police searched the house more thoroughly and they found memory cards. One of them was um, particularly well hidden. It had been tucked away in the frame of a door. They were able to recover images and videos, some of which had been deleted. Some of them showed Tia in sexual positions, Mm. believed to have been taken after she was dead. There were photos of her putting moisturiser on her legs or of her asleep in her bedroom. So Stuart Hazel appeared before Camberwell Green Magistrates Court and the case was committed to the Old Bailey for trial. He was remanded in custody and kept in isolation for his own safety. Uh, they did a post-mortem on the body and they confirmed that it was Tia Sharp firstly, but uh, they were unable to establish the cause of death. So they think that that was because of the delay in finding her. And remember it was, it was the- a month? Yeah, and it was the height of summer in England and she was in the roof and the roof space is always hotter. Detectives suspected that Tia had been smothered, although this was never officially proven. So the police commissioner addressed his force's failure to find Tia's body. He said the error error could not be attributed to a single officer. So Tia Sharp was cremated on the 14th of September after a private family funeral. The trial began in May of 2013. The charges against Tia's grandmother, Christine, were dropped. The neighbour, Paul Meehan, was charged with wasting police time. So he gave a false statement to the police. He got five months jail. Stuart Hazel changed his plea to guilty and was sentenced to life with a minimum term of 38 years, meaning he'll be 75 before he's eligible for parole. And in June 2013, the house where Tia Sharp was murdered was demolished and new houses were built on the site. Tia's biological father, Stephen Carter, he backed a plan for websites 
to be told to block certain search terms and to warn people when they were trying to view illegal content. So in November 2013, Google and Bing both modified their systems to block results from searches aimed at producing child abuse images. And that was partly done in response to the murder of Tia Sharp. Wow. And also to the murder of another little girl called April Jones. Four years later, in 2017, Stuart Hazel wrote a series of letters about his lonely life in jail to a mate, and they were published in the tabloids. Tia's mum responded that, yes. His mate sold him out. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Tia's mum said that she would kill him with her bare hands if Mm. he's ever released from prison. She says it makes me sick to the pit of my stomach that he's moaning about not seeing his family after what he did to mine. He's lucky to be in prison. He's lucky the police got there first and not me. The sooner someone hurts him, the little bit happier I'll be. Happier I'll be. I want him to rot, then die a slow and painful death at my hands. She said, I'd like to face him in the future and ask why he killed Tia. Um, as to why he did it, a forensic psychologist, Dr. Kerry Nixon, suggested that he may have made sexual advances towards Tia and then she knocked him back and he murdered her or she may have threatened to tell her mother. Right. Um and April Jones, the other little girl, I'll just quickly give you that case because she's the other reason that they changed the way the people were able to search for that sort of material yeah. online. Uh, April was murdered a few months after Tia died in October 2012 in Wales. She was only five years old and she had disappeared after being seen getting into a car near her home. Mm-hmm. And a man named Mark Bridger was arrested and eventually found guilty of uh, April's abduction and murder. He got life in jail. He'll never be released. But the thing that made this all worse was that April suffered from cerebral palsy, so she was especially vulnerable. I know. The search for her body was the largest missing person search ever in UK police history. They never actually found her. Um, Bridger had a string of convictions for minor offences going right back to the mid-80s. He'd fathered six children by four women. He'd worked at an abattoir, so he was familiar with knives. And 17 fragments of human bone consistent with a younger individual were found in the fireplace of his cottage. And there was blood found that matched April's DNA. So the police were convinced that April had suffered injuries from which she couldn't have survived. Mm. That was enough for them to charge Bridger with murder. But he claimed that he'd accidentally run her over in his car and he couldn't remember disposing of her body because of alcohol and panic. The sentencing judge called a judge called him a pathological liar and a pedophile. So after the verdict, he apparently confessed to the prison chaplain that he had thrown April's body into a river that ran past his house and scattered some pieces of her across the countryside. They found on his uh, laptop an extensive collection of child abuse material pictures of sadistic child sexual abuse. He had images of corpses of children. Mm. He collected pictures of girls that had been killed in notorious murder cases. And on the day that April was murdered, Bridger looked at a cartoon image of a girl bound with gaffer tape being forced to have sex with an adult. Mm. And when his car was recovered later, there was a roll of gaffer tape on his um, dashboard and the cottage where he lived was bought by the Welsh government and demolished. Jesus. I know. I mean, the only, if you want to take anything from it is that they, the the, the internet, the way that Google yeah. and being allowed searching for that sort of material was changed as a result of it. But, yeah. Oh, and it is hard. I, get, I don't know personally, but, you know, it's very difficult to get big tech giants like that to change mm. anything. So that's quite significant. Yeah. Yeah. I get the shivers when I 
talk about stories like that. I don't think it's oh, something cold. It's it kids. Just, That's why. It's just oh. kids and it's ugh. Yeah. Um, should we do some feedback? Oh, we most certainly should. Um, on the feedback, we've got one from Brooke. She says, hi, ladies. It's been a while since I've had a chance to listen in and by chance flicked back to episode 115 where an anonymous listener had emailed you talking about an uncle that her and her mother had found. I remember this one. I have had pretty much the exact same experience, see below. So April 2019, we're going back to, she gets a call from her grandma. She hadn't been able to get in contact with my great uncle for little over two weeks. And this wasn't odd, she says. Uncle John had lived alone since my great granny died 20 years earlier and had never married or had kids. He lived on a small property about 15 minutes out of Tenterfield, New South Wales backstory to the situation. Pop had gone into a nursing home and due to COVID, grandma had to book her visits. So John would come into town on a Friday to get groceries and to see grandma. So they kept missing each other and grandma just assumed that she and John had had bad timing. She did try to call him, but reception was poor. It would ring from the caller's end, but not at John's house. So he wouldn't know that someone was trying to get in contact with him. Grandma decided that we sh- that we wouldn't go see him on Sunday afternoon. My husband, Matt, and I picked up Grandma and we headed out to see what Uncle John was up to. I think she meant that they would go see him on Sunday afternoon. At the house, we could immediately tell that something wasn't quite right. It's that feeling, isn't it? It's like that. You just know. Yeah. There's something in the air. Yep. His mailbox had blown off its stump and there was a lot of mail blown all over the driveway. I jumped out, picked it up and got back in the ute. I said to Grandma, I hope you're ready for this as I don't think it's going to be good. You could tell that the grass on the driveway hadn't been driven on for a while. Uncle John's ute and town car were both in the garage so we knew that he was home. We rang on the doorbell, then knocked and called out but there was no response. We knocked on the garage door, no response. The spare key didn't work in the front door so we tried it in the garage door and with a little bit of wiggle, it clicked open. As the door opened slightly, it was almost like a poof and the seal broke and the smell filled our nostrils. My husband, in pure hope, called out once again, but there was no response. Matt told Grandma to stay with me in the garage, but she refused and followed him in. I just ran in circles for the solid 60 seconds they were in the house in pure angst. Matt and Grandma poked their heads into several rooms. In brackets, she writes, I'm still running in circles. (laughs) But as soon as they got to the kitchen doorway, they caught sight of Uncle John lying face up. Half on the kitchen tiles, half on the lounge room carpet. He was pantless and very much dead. It was very obvious that there was nothing that we could do for him. Grandma ran out of the house, hands above her head, yelling, he's fucking dead. Because there was no phone reception, they then had to drive halfway back to town. That's like a nightmare for me, not being able to contact anyone. I know. Um, So they had to drive halfway back to town before they could get through to triple zero. She says, I then lost my shit and broke down to the poor lady on the other end of the line. That's okay. They're used to that, I think. Um, We didn't know the exact address of John's property. We didn't think to look at his mail we had with us. And the road was called multiple different names by the locals. And John's name wasn't even John. It was just what we called him. Oh, no, they always say, what's the nearest cross street? I know. And you don't know. And, you and especially you don't if you just drive to people's houses. Yes. Um, you just don't know. 
Um, she said it was a very long phone call because they just couldn't get any clear information back and forth. The ambulance arrived about 30 minutes later. They confirmed he was beyond resuscitation. Matt worked in the local credit union and knew that over the last six months, John had taken almost 70K in cash home to hide. Uh oh. But nobody knew where that money was or if there was a will. My mum called the undertaker, who cleaned as much of the bodily fluids that had leaked from John's orifices. The carpet had to be pulled up as he had seeped through into the cement and we had to use acid to lift the stain. I spent hours emptying buckets of water, acid and my great uncle's body fluids onto the back lawn. That's not going to do the lawn. I know. The fluids had fully splashed up the wall and thousands of flies had entered the house after John had died and had themselves a time, she said. (laughs) Do you think the flies entered or were they... Born. Uh, yes, I feel that maybe. Every window seal had live maggots in them, oh. and every floor space was covered with the biggest, fattest flies you have ever seen. All of my great granny's belongings were exactly as she had left them 20 years earlier. Her bed, was, her bed was made, her clothes were all still hanging in her cupboard, her towel was hanging in the bathroom, her perfumes all lined up, and her shower cap still hanging exactly where she had left it. And there was a clock that would randomly read the time throughout the day so all of a sudden a man's voice would announce the time fucking spooky john was the coolest damn bloke when we were kids i've had so many great memories and they are all due to this amazing man it was determined that he had had a massive cardiac arrest and was dead before he hit the floor that was a great relief to me as i had visions of this amazing man laying on the floor alive unable to move and watching the sun come up and the shadows fall through the room for days on end until his body finally gave up Mm. i understand why she had that he didn't suffer yeah. yeah John was a flight attendant with Qantas for years, so of course it was only fitting that we lowered him into the ground while playing the song Leaving on a Jet Plane. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, really nice to hear what he did because you I think, like that. when you're hearing about, you know, a body is found and it's Uncle John. It's, I know. But to, he was a flight attendant. That's See? who he was and he was an awesome man. And Brooke also gave us a tip on another dead body story that we'll follow up in a oh, future episode. Well done, Brooke. Gosh. Love that. Uh, this one's from Lauren. She says, hey, ladies, I love your accents. I don't even know if she's American or not. She might not be. Where's Possibly not. Uh, don't know. I'm just sorry, I'm taking my headphones off. Sorry. Kurt. That's okay. <laughs> I was pulling on my hair and it was hurting a bit. Oh, sorry. They get very cumbersome after a while, don't they? Sorry, I'm back. Uh, love your accents. I just did an accent unnecessarily. Love your she said she loved it. Uh, I found this podcast not too long ago. Very relaxing despite the topics. Lol. Lol. <laughs> oh, she is. I'm from NYC. Love it. Oh, yes. Your favourite. I'm coming to visit. If you've got to be in lockdown, NYC is not bad, right? Oh, that'd be the best. I love it so much. Oh, I think I did. When did I mention it? But I, the, I watched The Woman in the Window. Yes. With, yes. It's it's not bad. It's okay. It's, it's like a, it's a movie. It's not a series or anything. Um, and she sees it's very much based on that Hitchcock one where he's got the broken leg and he looks well, out the back window. They're right down on the COVID cases. America? Yeah, because they've all got their jabs. New York? Yeah. I know. We're just not allowed just to. Just a few yet. days ago, like 600 cases, which is low for them. America are doing a good job with their vaccination mm. because you know why? Mm. They're all competing. All the states are competing. Have to you see been who vaxxed? Get the most. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. I haven't had two yet. I haven't had number two. I've had two. Oh, okay. Fully vaxxed. I, I felt really good when I came out because I was like... I've done my bit. Well, it wasn't just... No, it wasn't that. It was more thinking, sorry to be selfish, but I was thinking, mm. oh, okay. 
I'm immunized now. I'm, that's it. You've reached peak Rona. You can do no more. Yeah. You've done your bit. Yeah. Mm. Happy. And then proud, you know, thinking I've done it. But other states in Australia are not doing their bit. Come on, go and get vaccinated. Um, okay, I'm from NYC and have a dead body story or two. I'm not great at writing, so bear with me. There was this guy I met a few times. We've hooked up and hung out. He started ghosting me and I just shrugged it out. Then one day he asked me to hang out and he looked like absolute shit, like something was bothering him. (laughs) That's so disappointing. He asked you to hang out and he turned up looking like shit. (laughs) He told me girl problems. Oh, well, that's... What? Give it a rest. Turns out he had a dead body rotting in his garage. Sorry? So what happened was... He was on drugs and the man he killed was a dealer. So he beat him in the head with a bat and robbed him. What? Kept, kept what? the body. This is hardcore, Lauren. I'm trying to be like really casual like this happens all the time. But I don't think that's that's not something to be what? cool about. What? Okay, so he beat him in the head with a bat and robbed him. Kept the body in the house for months all summer. Then decided Whoa. one day to drag the body into the woods next to my house because we were neighbours. Kind of. And bury it. Then he told an officer, if I knew where a body was, can I get money for it? He killed someone and then ratted on himself. Okay, that's one story. Wait, for a he bit just of told her this on a date? Well, he's to- yes. So she went on a date <laughs> and an old mate confessed to murder. Did the police have, time- have the police sorted that out? What? Um, <laughs> when, this is lacking specific detail. <laughs> Name him. more from it, please, because she's then moves on to her next story. No, what? we're not just finished we're with that. We're not done. Oh, not done please. Wait. So hold on. Give me some rough details. There's you, not enough I'm there. Googling. I'm Googling. There's not even a date. There's nothing to work with. A field? New what are you York gonna... body Could field. Could be anywhere. East or West What's her name? South? Lauren. Maybe she was interviewed. Neighbor. Is that even her real name? Probably not. You don't know. No. I, I think I see what you're trying to do here, Chanel. I think you're trying yeah. to come no. back from the cluck and dot net. And we, <laughs> it's it's trying to do some credible Googling. I know. I see. Uh, we'll have to re- rely on, on Lauren. Hopefully she hasn't ditched us. She's still with us. We, can we have some more information just on what's happened in the end there? Did did the police officer <laughs> arrest him? Is he in jail? Are you okay? Because How did you get home? Yeah. What were your future interactions? <laughs> yes. It's not enough to say. That's one story. Lol, if you have time to read it, here's another. She's got another one for us. All right. Well, we might have questions on this too. So Lauren's got I've homework. I've cleared the search bar of Google. Go. Righto. Uh, she says, I didn't personally know this person, but a woman where I live in New York was meeting a man for sex in exchange for money. I know what that is. There's a name for that. There is. They were kicked out of a hotel, so they decided to go to this park, mm-hmm. a park I always go to with my dog. Okay. To meet this man and do the thing. <laughs> so I guess some, but something didn't go right and he ended up killing her and leaving her body there. She wasn't found for days. She was also pregnant. Oh, oh gosh. God. Lauren's just swooped in here. Lauren. Whoa. Uh, did they catch him? Doesn't sound like it. What, how do you know about that? What the fuck is Lauren doing? <laughs> Not enough detail. Uh, she says, one of my biggest life goals is to stumble upon a dead body. And it's insane. Well, she, how... already... <laughs> she stumbled across a murderer. <laughs> uh, it's insane how a lot of bodies happen so close to me and I never get to see one. Maybe one day. Ha, ha, ha. Cheers, ladies. And keep up the banter. I love it. Okay, XO, Lauren, XO, right back. Visit girl. No, she's signed at Luna, so I'm not quite sure. I don't care. I Luna, think we're doing a Lauren, bit of nom de plume business here. Come back. Thank you. Part 
two of Lauren coming up in a future episode of Dead Bodies Podcast. The end. The end. Finn. Finn. <laughs> Finn's good. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.